So there was no one else there, and it's literally these huge white sand beaches with kind of jungle on the one side of the beach and turquoise water on the other. Hi, this is Gail with Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. And I just returned from a four-week trip to Thailand and Singapore, so you will be hearing many new upcoming episodes on Thailand. So if you have an interest in traveling there, definitely uh, be listening to the podcast and be on the lookout for future episodes and today is an episode about Thailand and the it's really about using this island in the Andaman Sea as a jumping off point to go experience a deserted island. Now we are talking about this little island called Koh Lipe in the Andaman Sea. And I went there about three weeks ago. And let me tell you, the water there is absolutely gorgeous. It's that turquoise blue water. And I've only seen that water a few special times in my life. I've seen it off of Bimini. I've seen it off of Isla Mujeres. Um, But it's not that typical color that you normally see when you travel somewhere. So when you just see that amazing turquoise water, there's just something about it that relaxes you and let you truly see paradise. It's it's pretty amazing. And Koli Bay is definitely a discovered island. Um, there are many tourists there. However, I found a secluded area of the island called Cozy Cove. There's the main beaches of the island are Pattaya Beach, Sunrise Beach, and there's also Sunset Beach. But there's this one cove on the north side of Sunrise Beach called Cozy Cove and I stayed at Eco Adang Village. Little, it's kind of like little eco bungalows and um, ours had AC but I believe there are some that are a little bit more budget too and and there was this little awesome beach bar. Uh, it was called Benny's on the Beach and I had the best breakfast of my life there. These amazing vegan smoothie bowls on the beach overlooking this beautiful turquoise water. And that is where I met this beautiful gem of a person, Claire, who wanted to share how you can use Colipe as a jumping point to explore some amazing deserted islands. Hi, this is Gail with Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. And right now, I am on an island in Thailand called Koh Lipe. And uh, my voice is a little off right now. I've, I've had a little bit of a cold for the last week, so this is not uh, going forward. However, I am sitting here with an amazing woman, 
Claire Hartling, who lives here on Colipe, and she is going to explain why you should experience being on a deserted island in the Teratau National Park. Welcome, Claire. Hi, thank you, Gail. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much. This is, I mean, first off, Colipe is so beautiful. Uh, it's a little island in the Andaman Sea, and it's just bustling with people, food, and the most beautiful turquoise water. It is. It's super stunning. Um, we're, I'm so lucky I found it here. <laughs> yes. Um, but I remember the first day I arrived, I thought exactly the same thing. I fell in love with it. It's stunning. It's got a really special character filled with lovely people. As you said, great food, of course. And just the setting is spectacular. Wow. So it's pretty cool. So how long have you been here on Colipe? So this year, it'll be six years that I've lived here. Um, and I arrived in 2013. Um, uh, to come and work here as a dive instructor, actually. So I arrived just wanting to be here for a few months. And of course, like many people here, ended up staying for <laughs> yeah. a long time. Right. Um, not a bad place to live and work. I can't mm. complain. <laughs> no, Claire works on the most fabulous beach bar and restaurant I think I've ever seen. It's called Benny's oh. on the Beach. <laughs> and... Uh, it hasn't been around very long, right? No, we actually opened our official opening date was the 2nd of November. Um, this, or last year now, sorry, yeah. 2018. So we've been open just over two months. And it's a work in progress, but we've had really great feedback. Um, the the backdrop doesn't do us any harm. So being on a beach on Lipe, <laughs> you can't really gorgeous. go wrong. But then, yeah, keeping everything nice and natural, the vibe super chilled, it's working well for us. Yeah. It's nice. So, the, so when you look up Colipe, many times you'll see there's Pattaya Beach, which is lots of um, bars and clubs, a lot of people on Pattaya Beach, mm -hmm. and then there's Sunrise Beach, and then there's Sunset Beach, Yeah. and we're on a little cove called Cozy Cove. Correct. Yeah. Would you say this is part of Sunset Beach, or? Lots of people think it's part of Sunset Beach just because of the way the beach is positioned. So mm -hmm. we get quite a cool view of sunset. It varies throughout the year because um, right. uh, the sun will set in a different angle slightly. Right. Um, but we're kind of in between the very end of Sunrise Beach and the very start of sunset. Um, and it's this little kind of uh, private beach called Cozy Cove. It's a really lovely little little special beach. Yes, <laughs> yes. So Cozy Cove and have a coffee and a beautiful smoothie bowl <laughs> on the beach at Benny's on the beach. I swear it will be the most memorable breakfast you've ever had. Ah, thank you. <laughs> but today we're talking about going on a deserted island um, and not just for a three-hour tour that may take years to get off of, but, um, <laughs> but uh, a deserted island here in the Teratau National Park. So what is the Teratau National Park? So the Teratau National Park is a national marine park um, in the very southern part of Thailand, um, the southwest of Thailand. We're actually uh, bordering Malaysia, so we're right at the very bottom of Thailand, the most southern tip of Thailand. And the Teratau National Park covers a huge area. I couldn't tell you exactly how many square kilometers, but a lot. Yeah. And there's 60 plus islands within the Teratau National Park. Wow. Only one of which is allowed to be inhabited or developed, which is Kolipe. So Kolipe kind of um, 
is a tiny island in the Taratau National Park, two by three kilometers, not not big at all. Uh-huh. Um, and it's kind of its own little miniature metropolis in this <laughs> spectacular setting. Um, so there's lots of hotels, restaurants, bars, dive shops, that kind of thing. Um, and then it's just nestled right in the center of this huge uh, national park, which is protected uh, from development. So it's got this amazing backdrop. Um, the Taratau National Park um, has kind of been open and running for a long time. It's been a national park, I think, since the early 80s. Oh, wow. Um, and because it's a national park, it's protected. They uh, take care of the marine environment, the islands, the um, the trees, the animals. Everything's kind of taken care of, looked after. Um, and lots of people come to Colipe and experience the kind of tourism uh, that you can experience on really any island around Southeast Asia. Uh But the special part of it for me is that you're just minutes away from having that really sought after kind of paradise tropical island experience. That's what makes it really special for me. So tell us about the first time you went to a deserted island here in the Tiratau National Park. So I remember it really well. I um, it was in my first season here. So maybe December 2013. Um, And I remember myself and three friends, Marit, Jan and Tony, um, decided to rent out a long tail boat from one of the local captains and ask them to drop us at Korawi, which is one of the bigger islands in the national park. We got dropped off there and we arranged for them to pick us up in the morning around 8am to take us back to Colipe. And when we went there, we decided to camp out under the stars. We made a little campfire, um, Mm. cooked some food, took a guitar with us and everyone was playing and singing away. Um, And then we camped out under the stars. It was amazing. Um, The experience was very basic. Of course, you don't have all of your kind of western amenities not mm-hmm. um there was running water so there's a, re- oh, wow. a ranger station there which has um little uh makeshift showers and taps just really okay. basic kind of blue pipe with um a tap on the end uh-huh. that you can shower under um but not much else no electricity or anything like that okay um and we kind of arrived there decided where was a safe um, and more sheltered area to put down our beach mats um, and decided where we can kind of have our little fire and then we really just kind of set about exploring and enjoying the peacefulness Um, so there was no one else there and it's literally these huge white sand beaches um, with kind of jungle on the one side of the beach and turquoise water on the other um, mm. and you even your views when you're looking out you can't see Colipe from there all you can see is water and other tropical islands it's really beautiful so I've heard this being referred to as the Maldives of Thailand yeah that's right that's its nickname so I guess the Maldives is very famous for that kind of bright blue water white right. sand experience Thailand in the further northern provinces is more famous for those really giant kind of cliffy rock formation Uh islands Mm -hmm. in the south here that they're not so there aren't such dramatic rocks and cliffs it's more kind of mountainous they're more um low-lying islands um and i would say very similar to the maldives it's um the majority of the land on these islands is kind of at sea level or a little bit above um and yeah it's very 
quiet and uh, flat water protected. It's very sweet. Yeah. Wow. And why should someone experience going to one of these deserted islands? You don't have any amenities. You don't have fresh drinking water. Mm. Why? Why should someone do this? So for me, when I first came out here, I always remember having this ideal of coming out to the tropics and, um, you know, you know, have you seen the movie The Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, yes. Where these people come to Thailand and they find that spot of untouched Thailand, the part that hasn't been developed, hasn't been, um, you know, the path hasn't been trodden by many tourists before them. It's that exciting uh, and really peaceful feeling of thinking, I could have been the only person that's actually been here. Um, not seeing anyone else, nature untouched, untainted. Um, mm-hmm. It's really that kind of paradise experience that you, I, I really kind of hoped for and, um, and and wanted to find. And you don't necessarily get that on Colipe. It It is a really beautiful island, but there's development. And right. um, just having all of these islands around Colipe in the Taratau National Park that lots of people don't realize they can actually go to and experience um, makes it a really special location. It's really beautiful. (laughs) Wow. All right, so let's talk some logistics. So first off, how do you get to Colipe? And then how do you get to one of these deserted islands? Okay, so getting to Colipe, there's a couple of main routes, um, and it really is personal preference um, on which one you choose. Uh, my personal preference is to come via Bangkok. Being from the UK, I can get an easy direct flight to Bangkok mm-hmm. um, and then make my way down here from there. From Bangkok, you'd get a flight to Hat Yai, which uh-huh. is the nearest airport to us here on Colipe in Thailand. From Hat Yai, it's a two-hour minibus ride to the pier on the mainland, the port, and there you can ca- catch a speedboat or a ferry to Colipe. Another way, um, which again, personal preference, right. depending on where you're coming from, would be to come in through Malaysia. Like I said before, we're right at the south of Thailand, so yes. bordering Malaysia. So lots of people will also fly into Kuala Lumpur um, from an international airport. And then from KL, you can fly to Langkawi, which is... Um, Again, only an hour boat ride from us here on Colipe. Yeah. So flying to Co- uh, to Langkawi, and then you can get a ferry or a speedboat from there to Colipe, which takes about an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. So I'm from the United States, <clears throat> and so the best airport for us to fly into to get to this part of Asia is Singapore. Mm. There's direct flights from San Francisco to Singapore. They ah. were it's an 18 hour flight. And we flew out of a small airport in Oregon, but the round trip cost for us was seven hundred dollars. Mm, wow, that's great! I know, I was really very excited. Good. I was so excited. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> oh. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I booked it as soon as I could. That's cheaper than my flight for sure. <laughs> and so it's the eighteen-hour flight to Singapore, and then um, then you can catch a direct flight from Singapore to Langkawi. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And that's then you can one. catch a ferry. So if you're coming from like California or the U.S., that's a, another route you can do. Mm. Um, so once you've made it to Colipe, how do you now get to, to the other deserted islands? So once you're on Colipe, 
there's lots of hotels, guest houses, hostels for you to choose from to stay in. Mm-hmm. And then once you've got your kind of um, base point where you can leave your bags and everything like that, it's really easy to go to either Pattaya Beach or Sunrise Beach and find one of the taxi boat stands. Um, at these taxi boat stands, there are lots of local people, the Chowle people, who sit and wait there um, for people wanting to rent their boats. They drive those beautiful wooden, traditional long tail boats. Yes. Um, and you can go up and ask any one of these captains to take you to one of the islands. They also, at these taxi boat stands, have a map of the Taratau National Park. So even if the language barrier is a little difficult, uh-huh. you can quite simply point to where you want to go. They'll A, tell you if it's possible um, and a good idea. They might have a little more know-how about the weather, what areas are more protected from wind than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go about arranging the cost and the times. Um, the captains will also tell you whether um, you need to come back by a certain time with regards to tidal movement, if it's low or high tide, stuff like that. So you can literally go and ask them, barter your price. Normally they're really fair, so there's not too much bartering necessary. Um, and then uh, take your supplies, get on the boat and go. It's quite as simple as that. So what would be like an average cost? I would say um, if you're going to one of the nearer islands, say Koh Adang, which is uh, maybe half a kilometer north of Koh Lipe, uh-huh. uh, that's a 10 minute journey on a long tail boat. And the standard price is 200 baht return per adult. Um, so which is about $6 US. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you wanted to go further afield, say to Koh Rawi, which I talked about earlier, that's maybe about a 45 minute journey on a long tail boat. Mm-hmm. So would set you back more in the realms of about 600 baht return per person. Um, and there's different ways of, of making things a bit cheaper. If you're going with a group of people, so I'll quite often do it with a group of friends or family who are visiting. Yeah. And say there's six of you going and the long tail rental um, would be maybe 1800 baht return you can divide it up between you and it will work out quite cheap per person got it um and then obviously um outside of the boat rental just taking supplies with you like we discussed earlier there's not necessarily drinking water electricity so making sure you take a basic medical kit a supply of drinking water plenty of sunscreen and mosquito repellent is important um, and any food you might need, um, and possibly a guitar for some cool music. <laughs> now, what if you just want to go for the afternoon? Will the boat wait for you? Yeah. Uh, All of the captains are really flexible, so you can ask for them to wait or to arrange a pickup time. Um, and it will really depend on the time of year that you're here, how busy the captains are, that kind of thing. But everything is easily discussed and arranged with them. Um, Quite often, a nice quick trip for me in the afternoon would be to leave from Sunrise Beach on a taxi boat and just hop over to Adang, mm-hmm. um, which is the closest island to us. Um, and they'll happily wait there for a couple of hours while you have a, a nice walk along the beach or a chill out in the forest. Um, and then they'll be there waiting for you to bring you back to Colipe after a few hours. Wow. Mm. beautiful beautiful I feel like I just want to go catch a boat right now (laughs) shall we do it yes (laughs) and do the boats run at night or is there certain times you can catch a boat so actually the national park brought in a new law this year this season um which is that all vessels need to be at shore by 5 30 p.m 
This is mainly for safety reasons and to prevent any sort of illegal fishing in the national park. Mm. Um, So normally you'd want to, if you want to go for a few hours, you'd need to be back by 5.30. If you're going overnight to say camp on one of the national park islands, um, you would have to stay overnight and then the boat would stay with you and bring you back in the morning. Um, The earliest morning trip you can take is 7 a.m., and obviously latest back by 5.30 p.m. Got it. Got it. And what about the snorkeling at these islands? Is it a good place to snorkel or could you bring dive equipment to these islands? So snorkeling, yes, most definitely. It's a really good idea if you have your own or you can rent some snorkel equipment to take that with you. Some of these beaches, the reefs off these beaches are the most untouched in the national park. Um, obviously, there's beautiful snorkeling, snorkeling off Colipe, but with um, a bit slightly heavier boat traffic, um, lots of uh, development on Colipe. The waters um, are beautiful and clear, but uh, the reef is is slightly more damaged than it would be off the other undeveloped islands. Uh-huh. Um, so I definitely suggest bring your own or rent some snorkeling equipment to take with you when you go on one of these trips. With regards to dive gear, there are strict safety laws in the National Park in Thailand. So you can't actually just rent scuba gear and go off on your own trip. You have to go with a local recognized guide. Um, but there are plenty of dive centers on the island that will happily take you on organized tours um, or even some of them will do private bespoke tours, um, give you your own boat, your own equipment, your own guide and send you out wherever you want to go for Beautiful. however long. Yeah. Beautiful. And mm. is there a best time to go visit these islands? I would say it really depends on A, the time of year um, and B, what you're looking for. Uh, one of my favorite trips to do um, is to go to a Dang Island and there's a really lovely trek up to the viewpoint mm-hmm. which would look over the whole national park um, and I prefer to do that in the morning um, early hours of the morning because it's cooler there aren't so many mosquitoes um, and most of the time you tend to have clearer weather in the morning the wind can sometimes pick up in the afternoon mm-hmm. and you have a few more clouds um, So to do that kind of thing, the trek, I would definitely recommend the morning. Maybe um, a snorkeling trip or just to chill and sunbathe on a deserted beach. Afternoon would be preferable. Um, So it really depends on on personal preference, what activities you're looking to do. Um, And what about months of the year to come out here? Ah, so that's another thing. I would say the best time of year to come to Colibe is actually our low season. Um, it's really strange. Our, our kind of high season here on Colibe runs between October and May. That's uh-huh. our peak season. Outside of that, they call it the low season or green season or monsoon season. Uh-huh. And people tend to be really put off by that. Um, but actually, we have some of the best weather year round in July, August, September, um, right in the middle of low season, you can have completely flat water. It looks like a mirror. It's amazing. Clear skies, no rain, and it can be gorgeous. Um, Also during low season, prices for hotels drop considerably. Uh Um, There are less people on Colipe itself, so you kind of feel like you have 
the island to yourself on Colipe a bit more. Um, it's a bit quieter. Uh, walking street and restaurants and bars are less busy, so uh, less waiting time, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and it's definitely my favorite time of year here on Colipe. Wow. Yeah, you get more of a, a kind of authentic experience when you're here in low season. It's funny because everyone who lives and works here is so busy and... Um, concentrating on working in high season and in low season everyone who lives and works here has a bit more time to relax um, so visitors coming here get a bit more time with the local people and are a bit more immersed in the culture wow i love it mm. i love it now is are these islands a good place to bring kids to definitely um so i have a two-year-old son myself huh. uh hugo and um that's actually one thing i really liked about colipe when i first arrived here i Remember, um, I used to live on Kopipi, which is beautiful, um, but a little more developed and uh, has a bit more of a party scene. Um, And I wanted to find somewhere in Thailand that I could live, that my brothers and sisters, who all have kids, could come and visit me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lipe has great accommodation, um, which... Uh, great accommodation choices. Um, Often people will happily facilitate extra beds and cots for children. Um, There are lots of uh, lovely restaurants that have kind of high chairs and kids Mm -hmm. menus and things like that. Um, There's also some great medical care on the islands, pharmacies um, uh, and doctors, hospitals, that kind of thing, um, just in case. So people can feel a little more confident about bringing their young children out here. It's not so remote that you don't have everything you need, you right, know? Right, Um, Even stuff like supermarkets with baby milk, nappies, wipes, that kind of thing. Yeah, you can get yeah. all of your, your basics for kids. And there's even a 7-Eleven here. Yeah, two. Two! <laughs> <laughs> it's also a really great island for kids because... Um, just the beaches here are, for me, I think the best playgrounds for children. There's, you know, they can run around in the sand, dig holes, make sand castles, splash around in the sea, find shells. Um, and then just behind the beaches, there's lovely areas of garden and forest where they can kind of go and play and uh, look at the different beautiful butterflies and birds and that kind of thing. It's really great for children here. I love it. Mm. Now, what type of vaccinations should you have before coming here? Yeah, I think um, when I first came out here, I think different countries would have different recommendations. So I went on a thing from the UK myself. Mm-hmm. I went on the the kind of NHS advice um, website mm-hmm. online and contacted my GP uh, to find out what recommendations they gave. Um, I think there were the general immunizations of hepatitis, uh-huh. um, the various different ones. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, they recommended uh, rabies if you were going to any remote areas for more than six weeks at a time. Colipe doesn't count as that. So in Thailand, if you're going to villages without immediate medical medical care, uh-huh. you'd want to get that. Um, I think I was also advised way back when to get yellow fever, but I... I don't think, I think it's recommended now. No, maybe but... that was an older one. And we um, got typhoid before coming typhoid, here. Typhoid, that's the other one. Yes, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but I think generally if people are planning a trip, um, best advice would be to get online and check out your um, country's recommended vaccines for coming to visit Thailand. Um, and your local doctor will be able to give you the best advice with regards to that. And something I've learned here is that mosquito repellent is very important. Mm. Um 
There is dengue fever in Thailand, and you just have to be on the watch out for it. Is there a recommended mosquito repellent? Do you use one with DEET or without DEET? Or... Yeah, so I actually bought out possibly a lifetime supply of 50% DEET yes. me from the UK. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And despite it being the strongest stuff out there, um, it didn't do much for me. Um, so when I arrived here, I realized all the locals were using um, a couple of local brands. One of them is an aerosol can, an orange one called Off, and it does contain a small amount of DEET, but a load of other stuff as well. So like citronella oil, um, and I think eucalyptus and stuff like that. Yeah. And that works really, really well. They also have a um, one which is specific for children, which is a bit gentler on the skin. Oh. Um, and that's a great one that you can buy here on the island or on the mainland before you come. Um, and there's another couple of options which are more natural that don't contain DEET. And they're just kind of the citronella and eucalyptus oils. Um, and they have that spray that you can use for, for kind of more sensitive skin types. Right, mm. right. And what else should people know about coming to Colipe to to then take a taxi to one of these national parks? Is there something they should bring or know about the culture? I would say um, one of the things to think about when you come to the Tarata National Park is just that obviously as a national park um, and somewhere that's becoming more popular with tourists, um, to come here and try and come with the intention of leaving as little a footprint as possible. Um, it's a really, um, Lipe itself is a really small island and the area around it is so precious and beautiful and we want to keep it that way for as, as long as possible for as many people to come and, and visit it. Um, so when you come to the National Park, thinking about the, the bare essentials that you need, but also thinking about trying to um, bring things like reusable containers for water so you don't have to buy plastic water. Mm-hmm. There's lots of free water refill stations on Colipe. Um, bringing things like a reusable straw is a great idea so you don't have to use plastic straws in any of the restaurants. Right. And maybe a reusable shopping bag so that when you're buying stuff that you need around the island, you don't have to use plastic bags. Um, I'd say that's kind of the, the best kind of stuff to, to bring with you. Um, and of course, all your kind of bare essentials from home, but you can buy everything here. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I found sunscreen to be very expensive here. You are right, yeah. Um, I think basically everyone's realized that people need sunscreen on the island. And if people don't bring it with them, they can sell it for extortionate prices. <laughs> so I would definitely advise bring some good sunscreen yes. with you. Good advice, Gail. <laughs> for like a small thing of sunscreen. I know, the sun cream shops are laughing over here. (laughs) It was insane. It was insane. It was a little bottle of sunscreen costs more than dinner for three. For sure. And I think that is something to bear in mind when you're coming to Colipe. It doesn't, the island here does not have a pier. Everything that is here and that you can buy on Colipe has to be bought in on a cargo boat, then right. picked up on tiny long tails in the middle of the sea and bought to the island and then walked to where it is going. So obviously everything here has um, a higher price. Right. Um, specifically stuff like sun cream, um, toiletries, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. if you can bring those things out with you, you're going to save yourself a buck or two. Yes. Mm. And is this a tipping culture here? There's not. um, You're not required to tip. 
Um, but it's definitely very much appreciated by the local people working here. Um, I tend to just go on, I guess the English way, what we do is just tip if it was a really great experience, a great meal, but don't feel obliged to. Um, there's not much of a tipping culture that's required and there's not much of a bartering culture here either. Um, generally the prices are as they are described and yeah, you pay and you don't have to tip, but people like it, obviously. Uh, right. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And, uh, I think that is all my questions for today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'm not sure. Um, Maybe just that, yeah, if you're thinking about coming to Colipe, definitely have a, a look online before you come so you know what to expect. Um, check out, um, there's loads of really great blogs and um, Instagram accounts and um, TripAdvisor pages that will give you kind of um, first-hand uh, experiences from individuals that have been here um, and and really kind of good advice on, on what they loved about it. So do check out stuff before you come and then you kind of know what to expect and can pick out um, the certain things that you want to do. Perfect. And we're going to have a full write-up on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Click on the episode. You'll be able to see all the show notes. We'll include links to lodging, uh, favorite restaurants, a map of the islands, and lots of photos and more. So definitely go to experiences you should have.com and and read more there thank you so much for coming on the show today i just really appreciate it and just putting a little looking glass on this beautiful part of the world thank you so much gail i've really enjoyed it yay thank thank you. you so much for having me Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have. And I wanted to share after my interview with Claire, it was my last day on Colipe. And we had been just spending lots of family time together on the beach. I taught my daughter how to snorkel. But I'm like, I need to go explore some of these other islands before we leave. And as soon as I left the interview... I quickly ran down to my husband and daughter and they were taking a nap and I kind of woke them up and told them I was just going to leave for a little bit. They were cool. And I ran over to a taxi, took a taxi to a longboat water taxi, gave them six bucks US, 200 baht. And I took a longboat to a neighboring island, Koa Dang. And uh, there was a few people there. It's, it's the biggest island next door to Colipe. And, but it, it was definitely not crowded. I think I saw four people. And I took my snorkel gear and I hung out on these little coral reefs right off of this amazing, beautiful island and, and found some clownfish and beautiful coral. And it was truly an amazing experience to leave that interview and just run off to a, a neighboring island. It was one of the highlights of my trip, and I highly recommend going over to Colipe and exploring some neighboring islands. And please make sure you bring a sunscreen and mosquito repellent, uh, or mini. 
many mosquitoes. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and there will be many more episodes on Thailand. And please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And uh, check us out on Instagram. I'm Experiences Podcast, and uh, use the hashtag EYSH if you want to share experience you think others should have and that there should be an episode about. Thank you so much.